Welcome to the Redeeming Roots podcast, hosted by me, Megan Barrett. One thing I've learned in my own life and from the women I've coached is that when things aren't going the way you want, there's a reason. The truth that most people don't know is that your unconscious beliefs are hiding beneath every decision in your life and are directly responsible for creating your results. Here on the podcast and inside my coaching programs, we dig deep to get to the root of what's happening, not only to heal the past, but to rewrite the script. So whether you want to grow your own business, become a more patient mom, or just heal your past wounds and live into the real you, I'm here to guide you towards a life that's rooted in love, truth, and authenticity, where you are able to fully trust and lean into your own intuition. Thanks for being here. Let's dig into today's episode. Hello, hello. Welcome to the podcast. Today we have a very special guest, a friend and colleague, Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen. Kirsten, welcome. So happy to have you here. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. Yes, we're going to have a really great conversation, but first let me tell people who you are. So Dr. Kirsten Lauritsen is a performance coach for high-performing women and moms. She supports women in creating a positive mindset and resiliency in their health and mental well-being. So she earned her doctorate in chiropractic and continued with her passion for health to get a master's in human nutrition and functional medicine. She believes taking a truly holistic approach to the body is vital for creating optimal health and that we have the power to create anything we want in our life. She's the founder and owner of her own practice, Northwest Functional Medicine, and founder of drkirsten.com. You guys, we are so fortunate to have Kirsten here with us today. You may hear her across the interwebs as Dr. K or Dr. Kirsten or Kirsten. Um, I'll probably interchange all of those today, but we're talking to her and just having her share her experiences, her knowledge, and just having her be here with us. I'm just so excited to dig in. Oh, I am too. (laughs) (laughs) So... Kirsten and I both have a heart for helping women and moms recover from burnout and, you know, prevent it from happening in the first place would be great too. Um, So we're going to talk about burnout. And I mean, I just read Kirsten's bio. So let's just kind of bullet point some of this stuff. She's a chiropractor, studied functional medicine, nutrition. She's also a new mom and she lives on acreage. So Kirsten, you have a lot going on in life. So maybe you could share a little bit about your burnout story, whether it happened recently or long ago, because I mean, we all have so much going on and I think everyone actually has a burnout story, especially if you're someone who's helping people with burnout. It's like, yeah, been there. Don't want to do that ever again. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. For sure. Um, Okay. So, oh, Probably the best place to start is, um, I mean, I've, I've been in a place of burnout so many times in my life. Uh, like I can very much so pinpoint times like in high school where I was just so burned out because, uh, and this will, we'll probably like get to this, but you know, the biggest piece of, and why, why the mindset piece of this is so important and really getting to the root of it is so important if you want to like actually not get into burnout again um, forever in your life. But one of the things that I realized as as a kid and especially going through 
junior high and high school was that I had definitely learned and linked that like my self-worth and my value is and feeling enough and like all of those things was absolutely tied to my achievements thousand percent if I did well I got praise so I was like oh when I do all of these things and I do them well then I feel worthy I feel loved I feel valued I get people feel proud of me like it meets all of my needs (laughs) right so um and this is coming from someone like I went to a private school an all-girls private school that was entirely focused on getting a really good education and getting you into college so it was like a lot of work the bar was very 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 high um and then I also played sports and I also played piano and not just like any sort of like piano lessons like I was of course <laughs> looking back now I'm like of course of course this is, this is the pattern but um I uh was practicing for um and train well essentially I was like training and practicing for a uh, junior level a college level junior recital which is where you have 11 pieces entirely memorized um and you have a big long recital around that um except that I was doing it with somebody else so they had parts of it their own parts of it instead of like for those of you out there that don't know a senior recital would then be where you have the entire like hour or two all to like yourself um so you do oh my goodness one never stop everything's from memory you know and I'm not just (laughs) here's the thing I'm not just talking about like little things like very big long classical pieces that have like three movements and are just like this you know anyway I I say this because it's important because for the whole context of it, because, uh, you know, this is this is something where not only was I playing sports, but I was also having like multiple like I had home like homework, you know, it was a lot. And then on top of that, I was, you know, practicing anywhere from 45 minutes to an hour and a half and then somehow fitting in family time and friends like (laughs) it's a lot for anyone. Right. Um, So. That is where it all started, really, right? Like, that's where the root of all this, like, burnout and things started. And I now link a lot of it also to the fact that, like, I lived in Washington, so I didn't see the sun very much. I had a lot of, like, vitamin D deficiency issues throughout this, the year, um, especially throughout the winter, which is, like, the majority of your school season because you're not in school in the summer. So there there were a lot of different things that like when we look at it from like a holistic perspective we don't just want to like we don't want to miss the other pieces too right that are contributors which can be your environment where you live all of those things can absolutely affect how we um how our brain and our mind gets into certain patterns and and you know things like that as well so then you lead into college and uh i graduated in three and a half years with two degrees, one in Spanish and one in um, psychology and neuroscience. And then I went and I got a doctorate of chiropractic and then a master's of human nutrition and functional medicine, which I did at the same time as my doctorate, of course. And then now I have my, you know, master's level certification in neuro-linguistic programming and and life coaching and, and things like that. So then I started my own practice in, in, uh, chiropractic that then I eventually led to bringing in functional medicine. But for anyone out there that does run their own business, it can be very challenging um, for many different reasons. And you end up 
really coming face to face with the patterns that don't work for you anymore. So I was in this chiropractic business and I was realizing, I didn't realize at the time, but I know now that I didn't like what I was doing. I didn't like it. And mm. on, on top of that, um, it was just such a challenge as far as from like a financial side, because I didn't know my own value, my own worth. I wasn't really charging enough for what I was offering. There were like so many things that are like aspects of leading to burnout, especially for people who, um, you know, in the workforce, like if you're working a lot for something, even if you believe in it and you think you have, you're having like such a significant impact, but like the income level isn't there. That's another pattern that can absolutely lead to burnout. Um, so, you know, all of those pieces. And then on top of that, what did I do? I was like, oh, you know what sounds great is we should just become an Ironman. We should do an Ironman triathlon. And for those who need context on that one, that's a 2.4 mile swim. That's 114, 114 mile, 120 mile bike ride, something like that. I should know that. Uh, and then a 26.2 so a marathon at the end. Uh, so I, and that requires a significant amount of training, right? So that's like 10, 15, 20 hours a week, all on that. So my point in sharing all of this is like, that's how I got into burnout is I kept layering, doing more and more and more and more and more that what in my brain was like, oh, this is how I'm going to get out of the pattern of burnout. But that's actually the way that you dig the hole deeper and it took a lot and it's still I still have things where I have to like remind myself that that's an old pattern and that's not the way to success um but that's that is really where like you start to recognize all of the patterns that lead into it and once you start realizing like what is what is it that's that's why do I keep coming here over and over and over again? The way to get out of that pattern is to actually get to the root of where the patterns are coming from. So there you go. That's my story of of it. And I uh, would absolutely say that I think that I would be experiencing it in motherhood had I not been given the opportunity to face it in business. Um I think motherhood and business or parenthood and business are two of like the biggest things that have kind of forced transformation in my life. But um, one or the other or both, you end up facing a lot of your a lot of your stuff. But I had kind of the opportunity to face it before motherhood. Um, so I, I think that's been a huge help. Anyway, OK, there's my story. Yeah. <laughs> OK, yeah, you you've just been busy for a long time then. Like, oh, I mean, yes, I yeah. mean, part of it is your human design, right? You're a manifesting generator. So part of it is you do have that energy. So if you're someone like me with the undefined sacral, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm tired. Like thinking about doing all of those things. Like I'm so tired. Mm -hmm. However, you know, we are all unique. So we all have different capacities. So Kirsten has like a higher base level of capacity than I do in, in my belief and just in my experience. And I'm curious when you were like in those different places. So like, for example, in high school, um, did you know in the moment that you were like 
burning out because I personally haven't ever, it's been harder, at least the first time it was hard for me to realize in the moment. And then afterwards it's like, oh yeah, I was totally burnt out back then. And I'm wondering um, if that's the same for you or if you were like, oh no, I'm totally doing too much in the moment. Uh, No, I didn't realize that until I didn't realize I was in burnout actually in it until I was in it with with the like chiropractic stage of things when Mm. I had my practice Mm -hmm. there like I knew for sure I was burned out at that time um but other than that though like no because I didn't have the like I didn't listen to a podcast like this one that would have shown me Mm -hmm. like oh well okay god that's that's definitely where I have that you know so like I didn't learn that piece of it. I didn't really even know what burnout or like exhaustion, overwhelm, any of these pieces were until after, after a lot of it. But yeah. And I'm, yeah. 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 And so I feel like with burnout, it's, it's almost like we have to know our own patterns kind of like from what you're saying. And then from my own experience, it's like, like the pattern aspect keeps coming up for me as I think about it. It's like, for one person, you know, the same activity might not lead to burnout for another person. It might. And then also it's like, what, what are like the internal thoughts? Like, why am I doing this? So you kind of brought up like, you know, using like achievement kind of linking to worth. And like, I feel like so many people have, even just from school, you have that in your kind of ingrained in us, like, you know, if we're growing up, it's like, oh, you, you, you did the right thing and you get a gold star and you did everything you needed to. And, um, and so, I mean, I feel like I definitely had that kind of like good student still have it, I'm sure in layers, but like, I think that can contribute for so many of us to like wanting to do more and thinking, (laughs) I'm just going to get more gold stars. Yeah. And (laughs) where are my gold stars? Totally. And specifically women. Because mm-hmm. the, um, now I'm not saying that men don't also have this, but there's like kind of the good girl, um, mm-hmm. pattern is what we could say. It's like, and this is just something like to be very curious about if this is, if any of you are like, oh, what does she mean by that? And like, I think that might be me it's just being really curious about it because um where it shows up like you know if you find and this is a pattern that i have is like when i have when i'm coach with people so like um yeah when i like have my own coaches or things like that like i have to be very aware when i bring stuff up that like uh i will sometimes fall into the patterns of like look at all the things that I've done you know and like look at all of the stuff that's gone well and like look at how good I'm being because I'm doing all of the things like it's uh there there are these patterns that are like really deeply ingrained but like the thing is is that so here's one pattern right then so we'll break this into some patterns here so maybe some people can like kind of uh align or figure out if like this might be one of their patterns and just become a little bit more aware of it like one pattern is definitely um this kind of like good girl like i'm being good i'm being obedient i'm doing the things well like all of that um that pattern is really um kind of driven into girls through school for sure um and that pattern also then can lead to being a perfectionist as well as Mm -hmm. a people pleaser and when you have that pattern 
both perfectionism and people pleasing, you end up not really having very good boundaries usually. And because you don't want to upset people, because you don't want to make them uncomfortable, because you don't want, you want everyone to be happy. You want everybody to be okay, right? So you're going to sacrifice your some of your own self, your well-being, like all of those things to make somebody else feel better. And that usually ends up leading to having very not great boundaries, also having a lot of feelings around setting boundaries and like fear and all that stuff that then, you know, that might be showing up at work in your career. And that's why you're feeling burned out and you want to leave it. Or that might look like you don't have that anywhere in your like family, your personal life, your, your um, extended family or friends or whatever, right? Like this could show up all over the place. But when you when you look at it, that's like one of the patterns that can absolutely lead to burnout because that what that means is that you're adding so much more on your plate that's not a yes, that's not a like, I want to do that. They're usually things you're like, ugh, like, no, I don't want to do that, but I can't say no, so I'm going to, I'm just going to say yes. <laughs> and then you're like, ugh. So oftentimes what I talk about with people with that pattern is like when I talk about, hey, we need to look at doing less People go, I don't know how I could be doing less because like, how could I do less? I literally have my hands in like all of the things. And I'm like, yeah, that's exactly my point, right? <laughs> like there's no boundaries here. And you've said, you've said yes to so many things that are not a like solid yes for you, right? These are all no's and they, they can sometimes be tied to these like people pleasing tendencies. Happens at work in our career, like all the time at any level. And it can happen with being a parent, with your kiddos, like all of it. Can I move on to the next pattern? Do you have any? Yeah, I want I want to ask a couple questions. Yeah. So, <clears throat> or maybe just comments. Like, yeah, I think people could be listening and they're like, oh yeah, maybe maybe I do some people pleasing or like maybe I don't have the best boundaries, but like, what's really the problem, right? Like, it's always yeah, yeah. working for me, right? And I think totally. we we see people who are almost like in denial of like mm. the effect it's having on people. So I wanted to just kind of point out here that you just you just kind of alluded to it but like I think the what's going on inside of you when you say yes to things is a huge indicator that like either something is a is like a great thing to say yes to or something's not like do you feel like peace and like great do you feel excited about it versus like I have to do this and now I'm resentful I think like oh, that that's... inner emotional compass is like gotta pay attention to that it's not just like everyone else is happy around me so I'm doing the right thing like bringing that inward um and I want to touch back on something else but you you go on to the next pattern I'm going to make a note of it right here okay yeah no problem um yeah so that that's such a great point right is like you know so much of this is just bringing awareness to the pattern and like you may not be in burnout now but if you are someone who has been there before and you're looking for ways to get out of it it's becoming aware of these patterns like it might be fine right now right like it might be you you're not in burnout but like this is the time to do it then is like to get into the root of it because it will come up again if you've been burned out before. It's just a matter of time, honestly, right? Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Um, and then again, it's up to you. It's your, you get to choose whether or not you 
do something about it or not. And you can keep repeating the pattern over and over and over again. But like at some point you might real like it, you might get to the point where you're like, okay, I really don't want to do this anymore, which is where I was at. Right. It's like, I just realized I was like, well, um, this isn't working for me and I don't want to do this anymore. Um, and it was also starting to affect my health. Like I was getting daily stress hives after like a huge breakout of hives. It was awful. It was like all over my body. Um, mm. terrible, terrible, terrible thing. It took me like eight months to heal from all of that. So I'm not just saying that this is like just showing up in like your mental space, right? Although it does a lot the it also can have a huge impact on your health too so like looking at it from a holistic perspective and from a functional like nutrition or medicine perspective autoimmune disease gut health like all of those like there's so many different and mine was hives like hives you wouldn't think that that had anything to do with what was going on in your brain but it did you know um so uh. so this is just kind of like looping in that piece of like everything is so connected and it's really important that we don't discount how powerful our brain is and our mindset is because it drives so much of what shows up in our physical body so there's kind of maybe like another sort of like pattern that people have is that um that can very much so be associated with burnout and overwhelm is that you know we have these things going on in our physical body that we think are just associated with that one like organ system, the gut, the heart, hormones, which is not an organ system, but it associated with multiple different organs. But, you, you know, we think we have these very specific things that are like, oh, I just need to take this pill or oh, I just need to do these supplements or oh, I just need to uh, fix my diet and exercise and sleep better. When in reality, too, there's oftentimes a, a mental piece that's associated with that. Um, and I see so often that like burnout and overwhelm are associated with some sort of like high blood pressure, or some sort of physical symptom, insomnia, people not being able to sleep, right? Um, and people not being able to find the solution. Like, <laughs> like how many people have tried so many different things and mm -hmm. some of it might be working a bit, but it's not the full 100% resolution um, a lot of the times the the brain and the mindset can be a big, a big piece of what's contributing there. So that's kind of another pattern I would say of burnout and overwhelm is like what's going on in like the physical body. And then I have one more, but yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's great because that was actually what I wrote down was like, I was going to ask you what the physical symptoms of burnout, like what you see, because you do see people, I mean, they come to you for functional medicine. They're like, oh, Kirsten's going to help me. Um, I have this problem. And then you're like, well, let me open this door yep. <laughs> into the mental and emotional. Um, I kind of, I view burnout kind of as like three different doorways, kind of like the physical, the mental and the emotional, and yeah. you can kind of enter whatever doorway you're, you're going to enter. And you might be more aware of one than the other, right? Like, oh, I just like, yeah, like you said, I just have high blood pressure. Um, that's my problem. And it's like, let's get to the root of that. Like what's going on underneath that? Or I'm just so like stressed thinking about things. I'm so overwhelmed. And then kind of leading into, you may make those connections of, oh, I actually do have these physical things that are going on. I never really would have thought they were all connected, but it's the brain. It connects all of it. So it does. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yep. And you bring up a great point because like, the third, the third piece, I would say too, of like the patterns. Well, and this is, there's so many more, but like the three that I'm just going to highlight. So the third one would definitely be something along the lines that I alluded to at the beginning in my story, which was that um, from the emotional piece, definitely, like you mentioned, let's, we'll, we'll, we'll drop into that one too. Um, but from the like sense of, I think, worthiness of like having your, your sense of self-worth tied to you as like a parent or you as who, who you, like what you do um, and how you achieve and how you, like what you accomplish in your life. When you have that sort of pattern tied to your sense of self-worth, the that will consistently lead to burnout because what ends up happening is like not only is that taking over like you're you're and also i would say this too like i i felt like this is where i created my own little self-made prison i know that sounds really mm -hmm. like dramatic but like <laughs> it kind of was you know i mean i just i realized that everything that I was creating while I felt like I was having such a big impact, it wasn't, it didn't feel good to me. And it was a drain of a lot of my energy. And I see this a lot with women who are high achievers or like have really successful careers. They can sometimes get to a point, especially when their sense of self-worth is tied to their achievements, there comes a point where they, they are like, I could just walk away from this tomorrow, literally. And, or they feel like they're stuck in it and like they can't walk away from it. And they like are searching essentially for everything outside of themselves to fill whatever it is that they're trying to get, how they want to feel. So like, oh, if I make more money, then I'll be happy. Oh, if I have better health, then I'll feel good. Oh, if I have a family, then I will feel fulfilled, which actually usually family does end up helping women feel fulfilled. But the the that's the kind of point, though, is that like the more that you are searching for things outside of yourself instead of really owning and stepping into your power and knowing that you are worthy, that you are enough and that you matter and that you are significant, just that without anything else that is where a lot of the times the those patterns can like stem from and root from that's kind of like the third pattern that i see a lot is that we've and that's the one that i obviously was in a lot well actually i was in all three of them let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> so no wonder i was wired for burnout <laughs> but like but um that's you know and then also i was in healthcare and like we know that especially women in healthcare um but men too, there's like 50 or 60% of people in healthcare will experience burnout in their life. Uh, and it's, it's usually because they fall into these certain patterns. Um, so yeah, I think the next place probably would be to like talk about the emotional side, but I wanted to address that pattern there too, because it's, it's mm -hmm. such a common one. Yeah. And I want to touch on something you said about, um, you know, maybe, maybe if I have a family, then I'll like fill that hole, like be fulfilled. Yep. And and I think it is true that, um, that, that does fill that need for 
at least a little bit for moms, especially. I think Mm -hmm. what I see happening is then as the kids get older, then they start having higher criteria. Like, well, if my kids are happy, then I'll be happy. Then I'll be fulfilled. And then that's when you find so many moms, like, you know, you see like the helicopter moms doing everything they can because they don't want their kids to struggle because the kids being happy all the time is tied to them being happy all the time. And like, it just goes and goes and goes. So I just wanted to touch on that because I see a lot of that um, for sure. Oh, that's a great, yes, that's, yes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I had a point and then my mom brain took over. So I don't remember what I was going to say, but I, I do think that's really a really good, a good point. Oh, I was going to say, so the, the, the thing to be on the lookout for with that is like, if that is you or like, if that's the, you know, people listening, um, when we are, there's, there's something also that's really important to kind of keep in mind is that we can uh, like the the important piece is getting to the point where you are meeting your own needs first. Mm-hmm. So many women will, and again, this is just be curious about these patterns. That doesn't mean they like cause any guilt or shame or anything like that. Bringing awareness to patterns is really important because then you know what you can do to shift them. Um, mm-hmm. It's not it's not anything to to feel guilty about or or shameful around or anything. Um, but when we when we meet our own needs, so like so many women will outsource their needs to kids. Well, actually, it's not just women. Men will do this too, but like they'll outsource their needs to other people versus mm-hmm. meeting their needs themselves. Or like how many people, parents will sign up for like a course or do different things because they're like, oh, it'll make me a better parent when like they really need it for themselves first, <laughs> mm-hmm. you know? And then as a parent, um, but anyway, so, so what can happen here is that because of our different like belief systems that we created or what we didn't get met as a kid, these different needs, right. Of like being significant, knowing that we matter, uh, somebody being proud of us, being seen and heard, uh, being loved, knowing that we can, and we are lovable and, and we are, we can seek out and we can have connection with people, um, knowing that we are worthy, that we are enough. Uh, that we um, are supported, we're safe, you know, all all of these different needs uh, oftentimes can go unmet or they could be met by like our parents, but somebody else along the way, whether that's our siblings or another teacher or another adult in our life could undo a lot of that or some of those things in those categories. What can end up happening is that we Instead of meeting those needs ourselves, we end up in a pattern where we want somebody else to meet that need for us. So that could be your kids, mm-hmm. just as you mentioned, right? Like the helicopter parent mm-hmm. or the parent that's like, oh, my, I want my kids to be happy. So I'm going to like, you know, do everything I can to make them happy so that I can be happy. It's very needy. It it outsources your needs onto somebody else. And that's very, very difficult to sustain for somebody else. Or the opposite, which is that we could just give up on our needs. And then that ends up leading to a lot of disappointment, defeat. You know, you you see it a lot like, oh, well, I just, I just won't get married again. Or I just won't have, I just won't do that anymore. You know, I, w- I just won't, uh, um, well, I don't, I don't, oh, what was the common one? Like, I don't, um, 
I, I know this one because it was a pattern when I was growing up, but like, uh, well, I just, I just won't have high expectation. I'll just lower my expectations. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> Giving up right on whatever that was, whatever that need was. The key here is to actually realize that we can, we actually have the responsibility to meet those needs ourselves first. Mm-hmm. Um, and how we do that, which Megan and I are both trained in the same thing. So like getting coaching from Megan is such a, such a great resource because that's how you can meet some of those needs and learn how to meet them for yourself first so that then you can show up as like the mom, the business owner, the entrepreneur, the like person who you want to be and who you are, uh, that's, you can do that without then feeling like these other things need to meet those needs for you. Yeah. And I feel like, I mean, the value in having like a coach an outside opinion or just an outside view of what's happening in your life is, is like, you can become aware, like that awareness piece may not happen for years, like until you like physically crash, um, or something else major happens unless, you know, someone can say, you know, I see this pattern in you. Is this something you like identify with? Do you want to work on it? Like, I think that's so valuable to be able to have someone who is trained like we are, who's like, I I see these, I hear these two things coming out of your mouth and I know that they're related and you don't see that they're related, but I can see that they're related. Like, that's just such a powerful thing. And then like for Kirsten and like your clients, you have the physical piece too, where you can be like, oh, well, obviously this physical symptom is going to be connected to this. And someone might be like, wait, what? Mm -hmm. How do you know that? So I feel like we're kind of like those people who connect the dots, it's like, oh, yep, there's that and this, and here's how it's all connected. And just having someone to kind of reflect back to you, I think can just be so, so valuable for sure. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I'm the kind of person that likes to move quickly. Like when I know what I want, I want it. Like, I mean, I have a tell a story. When I was four years old, I wanted a new bike. And my mom was like, uh, four or five, I wanted a new bike. And my mom was like, well, you got to get off training wheels. And I was like, well, watch me, <laughs> you know? And so literally by like the, by the next weekend, uh, my dad was out there teaching me how to ride without training wheels, you know? Um, and mm-hmm. sure enough, like I was off training wheels like that weekend or the weekend after, you know, my mom was like, well, shoot, you know, so I had to go buy me a new bike. Um, the, I, I like to move quickly in my life when I know what I want. And so, um, also I, I, it's not that I don't like to be in pain necessarily, but like, I don't really, I've lived a lot of my life in these patterns for a long time and realized like that they just don't work for me. And I kind of got to a point once I realized there was another way, <laughs> I was like, oh, um, I want that way. <laughs> you know, we're like, it, once you recognize the pattern and then you have the person to help you, or like if you don't recognize the pattern, when you start working with these tools, your subconscious mind brings up the things it creates the situations in life for you to be able to like get rid of the pattern, you know? Yeah. So um, I guess in that sense, like for me, once I realized like burnout, for example, was a pattern, I was like, oh, great. I don't ever want to get to the point again where I feel like I have to stop working or I have to give up this thing for a bit until it all gets better. And then I'll be 
and then I can go back to work just to have the whole same pattern happen over and over and over again. Like, oh, no. So now, you know, I've, I've realized that you, when you work with someone who can actually address and kind of like put all the patterns together for you and get you outside of your head, because all you see are like the blocks of like, I don't understand why I can't do this thing. I can't make it work. I just don't get it. You know, um, that's once I, once I started realizing there was another way, I was like, oh, mm -hmm. this is, this is what everybody needs, <laughs> including myself. <laughs> yeah. And I think it's so interesting. I was talking to someone the other day and they, they were commenting on some friends who had said like, Ooh, that sounds like so much work, like doing kind of this inner work. Like that sounds oh. really hard. And I, I think it's interesting because I think you, you get to like, choose your heart, right? Like oh, they're thousand percent. both hard and which one leads to the life that you want to be living. Like, I mean, you and I are both in, you know, the one camp where we're doing the inner work and we're like working through our stuff as it comes up. And we see like, we can like feel the benefits and we can experience the benefits in our life. And um, I just want, if anyone is listening and they're like, Ooh, that all this mindset stuff, that sounds like a lot of work. It's like, well, so is, you know, not doing it right. Like it's a choice. Everyone has that choice and increasing choice is always a wonderful thing, but just recognizing that you are choosing certain things in your life can be freeing in and of itself. It's a really good point. Yep. And sometimes it doesn't always look like you think it's going to look on the other side, but I don't mm -hmm. know about you, but like, um, I like looking back I would not, I would, I definitely would say that I would not want to go back to like where I was. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would agree. Because we're always going to have problems in life. It's kind of, so you are in many ways choosing your problems, but I'd mm -hmm. rather choose the problems, I guess, in the way that like I have now than have been continuing the same pro like the like the burnout and like living in daily hives like mm, nope mm -mm. Mm -mm. nope don't want to go back there you know so like yeah I think that's yes you are absolutely choosing your heart mm -hmm. and personally I, I think that and that's a really good point like I think so many people want to heal because they're mm -hmm. looking for that and sometimes I don't think we really know or understand what that's going to actually take from us mm -hmm. it will take for us i should say it's not going to take anything away from you necessarily but what it's going to take in order to get there um maybe that's a good thing that we're naive to that sometimes but yeah but at the same time too i think it's really really important for people to to know that like if you want to create whatever it is in your life like you can it's just how, how committed are you? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's like, if you're going to go climb Mount Everest, you could stand at the bottom and look at the top and think, mm, that looks really hard. Or you can just like look down and do like one step at a time, like focus on like the one next step. And I feel like if you have like a coach guiding you, they can be like, here's your next step. Here's what you do next versus like, that's a huge mountain. And I don't want to, I don't want to tackle all of that. Like in one sitting. Yeah. Um, like, and how many times do you have like a coach for that? Right. Or a guide for that. Mm -hmm. Right. It's really, it's really tough to do this stuff on your own. If you 
don't have the, if you don't even know where to start, you know, if you don't have the tools, if you don't even know like how to kind of guide yourself through it, like I, we have these tools and like we have coaches. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because <laughs> you need them. Like it's, it's just, it's, um, you don't actually, I shouldn't say that you don't necessarily need them per se, but they are extremely helpful to have. And they, they do, they do help a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think you kind of said this earlier, but I find that when I go for a period of doing that, like trying to do it on my own, I, I, and then I have some support afterwards. It's like, wow, I really feel like me doing it on my own is like me, like having my blinders on my problem of like, here's my problem. Here's my problem. Here's my problem. And really like having that coach be like, here, let's take off those blinders. Like look at all of these other things like that we can talk about or use or like resources or whatever there is um, yeah. to work through. But um, yeah. or if you're easy like, to feel like, yeah, I can do this and like mm-hmm. maybe, but it's kind of limiting at the same time. Yeah. Well, two points on that. Like one thing for sure, as you mentioned, like, yes, you can do it on your own for sure. It's a lot harder though. Cause yeah, it just is like, it's harder when you don't have someone there supporting you and guiding you, um, in the, in the things that you don't know, it might take a lot longer, but yeah, like, absolutely you can. Um, the other thing I was going to say though, too, is like, or you need someone there of like, yes, all of like, I'm kind of the person that like creates all of the things <laughs> just this week. I was telling my coach right before this, I was like, just this week alone, I came up with five different ideas of how I can get out of this problem that I have, you know? And, um, and she was like, mm, I think your problem is that you don't stick with one thing. <laughs> Which is so good though, right? Like I, I say this as an example, just because like, this is also a way that I have led myself to burnout, right? And like at the start of the call with her, I was like, um, so you know, that old pattern that I have, like I started it up again, you know, and, and it, the, the whole call was so helpful because what it did was it really helped me to realize like, this is probably one of the main reasons why I don't have what I want right now, what I'm working towards is because I do that. And so, you know, and, but I get really focused in on like, this is the problem. So like, I can't see any other way to do it except for like to create all of the things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, even just you saying at the beginning of that call, Hey, you know, that pattern, like you're aware of it, you bring it, like you bring it up and then it's like such a different the awareness of it is freeing. Right. And it's not like someone's going to like, you you feel like shame or guilt about it. It's just, it's almost like, it's like an old friend. It's like, Oh yeah, that old, that old friend came back to visit. And then like, how are we going to just identifying it? I feel like can be so helpful. That awareness step is like, it's like such a big step and it's such a good one. So I love that you even went to the call saying that. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would say just the last like piece on that is that th- I think this is also really the big benefit of like having long-term coaching in a sense. Um, like, I don't know if you've seen this with your clients, but like one of the things I've realized is that once you start the process, like you can stop it at any time and your brain will bring up and your your like your mind will literally bring up situations in life that it's like cool I'm ready to work past this now okay cool I'm ready to work past this now and I was just having a conversation with a friend of mine who I worked with a little bit in the fall and she goes 
Yeah. Um, what I didn't realize was, or like now I see the benefit of having like long-term coaching is because these things now start to come up and I like had the perspective shift to be able to like address it at the time. And I can see how like now life is kind of just bringing up opportunities for me to like work through this next piece and this next piece. And this is, this is how like working long-term would be really beneficial. And I was like, yes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So yeah. um, I don't know if you've seen that on your side, but I do think that's, if you have something very specific that you're wanting to create in your life, whether that's like optimal health or a, like something in business, as you mentioned, or like burning out and then getting rid out of that pattern, like getting out of that pattern isn't necessarily going to take a long time, but I can kind of get, like guarantee you that like once you start it, there's probably other things that are going to come up that you're going to realize like, oh, that's another layer of this or, oh, that's another piece of this, right? And then um, having the support over time to go through all of those pieces is just really helpful. So Yeah. Oh, it's so true. And I think some of those patterns, like our core patterns are like kind of the things we like habitually do come out in all different areas. And it's like, oh, that's maybe it doesn't, it like kind of has like a, a mask on or something like a costume. And it's like, oh, that does, that's not the same thing. And then when you dig in, it's like, oh yeah, that's the, the exact same problem that I've worked through so many times. And now it's another layer. Yeah. That's such a good way to put it. <laughs> I love that. Um, yeah. Love that. It's a great visual for me. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, okay. I want to talk about motherhood and burnout. Um, our stories are, the timelines of our stories are very different because I had my first, I had all my kids before I even started any of this mindset stuff and work and anything. And so the first few years of my motherhood journey were very much in that, you know, people pleasing, doing all the things for everybody else at the expense of my own health and all the things like, you know, that one pattern was like me to a T. Um, and then I started doing this work just a few years ago and you did a lot of work before you had kids at all. And I'm very curious to hear kind of, I mean, I, you kind of already said earlier that, um, motherhood hasn't been kind of a source of burnout for you because you've worked through it in business. But I wonder if you wanted to share anything about either like, was that a conscious choice to kind of do this work before having kids? Did it just kind of happen or how, yeah. how, what do you want to share about that? No, oh, I have so many things to share, but I'll try and like keep it contained because that's probably a whole other episode to be perfectly yeah. honest, but, so um, true. but you, you really hit on some, some really good points there. So like what I would do like if I were to go back and do this again and like let's say you have a listener out there right now that's like in the place where they are thinking about having kids uh, and they have the opportunity to kind of prepare for it, which has a whole other kind of thing. I think we think a lot about because I'm I'm a planner. So, of course, I was like preparing for all the things, but like thinking about the nutrition side and like the quality of the eggs and like all of that stuff. Like I'm such a nerd. So, of course, I was like, yes all the nutrition, all the things like is all has to be on point. Um, yes, all of that. And I would also include this, this sort of like coaching for sure, because now looking back, I had the opportunity to go through so many of these things that then what ended up happening, which was, 
eye-opening to me, which is now why I am completely pivoting and doing what I do now and supporting women in the way that I do now is that when I was going through pregnancy, because I had shifted all these things, what then ended up becoming very clear to me was how many women have not gone through these things and the challenges that end up coming up. Like, I can't even tell you how many people were like, oh, you know, this pattern, like, oh, just, you know, it's like kind of maybe pregnancy's going well. Oh, just wait till the second trimester. The second trimester is going okay. Oh, just wait till the third, you know? And then you're like in, oh, you know, you're in third trimester and they're like, oh, just wait until you're not going to have any sleep and the newborn's here, you know? And then it's like, oh, but just wait till the toddler's here, you know? And then, oh, just wait till they're teenagers, you know? And it just like is this whole thing. There's this weird pattern that can sometimes happen that it's, it's, and also with birth and labor and, and the trauma that can come from that too, that, uh, it's almost as if, I know it is as if people have not, women have not necessarily processed the things that have come up and the patterns that are coming up. So they like, it's just a different scenario when you're able to go into motherhood from a place of having like a regulated nervous system. And what I mean by that is that you have tools to be able to get into where you need to like kind of have stress and like things like that. And then also you're able to, to get right back into like your rest and digest system and you're able to fluctuate between the two. And a lot of the things in your life aren't triggering. Like the fact that I didn't have a whole lot of sleep in the beginning wasn't that triggering to me. And actually I was able, I've been able in the last, you know, four months or so to be very calm through all of it. And the reason I'm able to do that is because I'm not getting triggered by things all the time because I've dealt with a lot of the, the like the thing, uh, that's the a really key point there. Like if you're listening, this is a key point. It's like if you are able to address a lot of your triggers before going into motherhood, your kids are going to be a lot less triggering, period. And kids are triggering. <laughs> like they will show you all of the things that like you have not dealt with yet. So mm. whether you're in motherhood or beforehand, it's the perfect time, perfect time to work on these things because you first off are doing it for yourself. First and foremost, you're doing it for yourself. And then because you're doing it for yourself and you're working on those things, you also become a better parent. You become a better partner. You become all of those things, like you are able to show up in a very, very different way. So yes, to your point, I did work on all those things beforehand. And I had the support going through pregnancy to work on all the things that were coming up for me, like slowing down was really, 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 really hard. It's still mm -hmm. hard to be perfectly honest. I'm still working on it. And I'm much better with it though, you know, being open to receiving all of these things that are like, uh, really big key things that happen during pregnancy and then going into being a mom, um, th like they're, they're definitely areas of life that we can grapple with a lot. And when you have the tools to be able to work with the different layers that are associated with them, it makes going through, I would say, being a mom easier in a sense. I, I definitely would say parenting has been has had more ease and flow and adaptability than 
challenge and struggle and stress. And that's coming from a place of like, I had a very, very, very traumatic birth labor process, like super traumatic. Mm -hmm. So this isn't just me saying like, oh, I had like the best birth ever and like all these things that everything went right. Like, no, everything did not go right. And I still have a lot of ease and flow because I've been able to work on these things. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it really does. I think that I really love the sentence that you said that was like, if you work on your triggers, your children will be less triggering. Like, that's going to be my soundbite that we're going to advertise with this one. Because I think it's it's so easy um, as a mom to think, oh, like, if my kids wouldn't do that thing, then I wouldn't get this irritated or angry yes. or whatever. Yes. And I always say, like, nothing brings up, like, all of the self-doubt and all of those inner voices, like a baby that's like screaming in your arms and you can't calm them. Like, it's like, it's almost like here, you want to be triggered. Let's figure out what you need to work through. Here's a baby. It's your job to like make them happy, Mm -hmm. (laughs) hold the baby. And the baby doesn't, then it's like, why can't I do this? What am I doing wrong? If only I could do this. Like, what are those things you're saying to yourself? And I think, I think every mom has experienced that. And I can totally see what you're saying about if you've worked through those things, Mm -hmm. those voices will, they'll either be like less of them or they'll be quieter or they'll just kind of go away. Like maybe they come in and then out and it's just like, "Mm, it's just is what it is. And this, (laughs) this baby crying means nothing about me as a person, as a mom or whatever. That's exactly Um, right. That's, that's, that's exactly it. It's like it's not that they don't necessarily come up, right? Like I've had plenty of that, of like self-doubt and all of those things. And they don't last as long. Like they don't send me into a whole long loop about how I'm a terrible mom or like I can't do this or whatever. Mm-hmm. And now there there was actually one pattern that did show up and I was like, I am not okay. <laughs> but but the the it's it's not to gloss over that like, those things don't happen. They do for mm-hmm. sure. But also right. I know, I know what they are, right? Like mm-hmm. I know what they are and I know how to get resources and tools to help me shift through that so that I don't end up in that pattern for a long, long time. Yeah. Yeah. It's so true. I mean, the resources piece, it's like, yeah, I mean, we're human. So no matter how much work we do, we're going to have something that's going to come up. It's just a matter of, do you know how to handle it other than like shoving it back down or like, you know, just like not handling it at all and thinking that that's handling it. Um, I think that's what a lot of people are doing right now. And so I'm, I'm kind of personally working on a lot more like emotional processing Mm -hmm. because I do have that tendency of like, oh, I feel really angry right now but I can't be angry. So I'm going to like, just push that aside. I'm going to go do something else. And so like really bringing that to my awareness of like, no, because I talk to my kids all the time about emotional processing. It's like, all right, time for time for me to like walk the walk here. So um, definitely working on that for my own personal journey um, at this point. And it's, it's good. Like it's uncomfortable maybe because if you don't know how to process your emotions, it's maybe a little uncomfortable, but I was like literally looking up buying a punching bag before this interview because I think it could be so helpful for like our whole family to like just let out that emotion and that anger when it comes up and having somewhere to do that. Yeah. And I think that, okay, last point here, because I just, I want to touch on that really quickly. It's just that also 
when you're able to process your own stuff, like you mentioned, like you're, you're teaching your kids how to do it. So you also, you walk the walk when you're able to process your emotions and then teach your kids that what ends up happening is that we, we get less of them being in the chaos of like, ah, big emotions and like they don't know what to do with them and you don't know what to do with them and then everybody is just in like mode there's like no guide for any of it you can teach them what those emotions are and then you can teach them once they're out of that then you can get once you can bring that logical brain back in you know then you can be like hey so that's what this is here are some ways that we can work on that right so Mm-hmm. Or work with that. And this is, you know, how we, this is what that is. Because it can be really scary, right? When kids don't know what those emotions are. Like imagine being so angry and like feeling this really, really big emotion and not knowing what it is. And then, you know, it, it, there's, it makes sense, right? Of like why they end up in the chaos of of all of it. And teenagers get this way too, right? They sink into that lot, that emotional brain and then it's just like okay we'll just wait until we get out of this one um and on the flip side though also teaching your kids not to numb it out right Mm -hmm. like how many kids do you often see and i know i was this way as a teenager i completely repressed all of my emotions and so when something would happen i'd be like "Eh," you know like yeah this hurts but like whatever and then i wouldn't want to talk about it and i would just totally numb it out and disassociate from it, which is also very unhealthy as a pattern, right? So when you're able to work on your own things, then you can teach your kids like, hey, actually, I know this hurts, but this is really, really important to feel and to work through and get out of your body. Um, And then, you know, let's talk about it and, you know, see what, what we can come up with after that versus numbing it out and just like completely ignoring it and pretending that it's not a thing when it's actually a very, very real thing. And what happened was very hurtful, right? That's a whole different situation mm-hmm. of how we can teach our kids to be very emotionally intelligent, which we need, <laughs> not just for ourselves, but we need this in the world, right? And mm-hmm. so anyway, when you're able to, not saying that we're ever perfect at it, but also this is that, you know, that's, that's modeling for your kids. They're mirroring everything that we do. So raising them to be able to know what their emotions are and that other people's emotions are their own and not theirs. And that whole scenario creates a very, 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 very stable, but very different, you know, scenario, right. Than like what we're, what we're used to. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I mean, I could talk for hours about kids and emotional awareness. I would really love to, and maybe we'll do that another time. Yes. um, Why don't you (laughs) share with us what you are working on and all the ways of like how we can find you, how people can work with you. Thank you. Share all the things. Yeah. So right now I have a uh, (laughs) course. So if you are really aligning with any of this um, talk today, I have a worthy uh, like masterclass that is really, I I love it. So if you kind of aligned with that, like, oh, yes, my achievements are tied to my sense of self-worth or anything like that. It's a great class to come and join in on. Um, So I'll, I'll definitely make sure that Megan has the link for that. And then that is kind of like a starting place. I am creating also a course for moms around mindset. So mindset for motherhood is what uh, really what it will be. And it's really about addressing a lot of these pieces that we talked about today, digging into some of the big, the big emotions, the triggers, the, uh, 
the the big topics that come up, you know, around around motherhood, processing your birth, the, the labor process, right? Like um addressing all of those big, big pieces so that moms can really, you know, not only just do it for them, but also be able to show up for their families in the way that they want to in the best version of of who they are. And not just for your family, but in the other areas of your life as well, because you're not just a mom. So um yeah. That's what I'm up to. And they you can find me at drkirsten.com or you can find me on Instagram at Dr. Kirsten. That's where I'm the most active. So come find me there and come come chat with me. I would love to hear uh, if you had some sort of breakthrough from this uh, or like an aha moment from this podcast episode. I would love to love to hear from you and hear about it. Um, so yeah, that's what that's where you can find me. And you can do work on I do private coaching too, but anyway, those are the things that I'm I'm up to right now. I'm so excited to see those things just come to life. I think moms, it'd be so helpful, like life-changing, world-changing to have moms like just kind of work through their stuff, work through their triggers. So I love, love, love that. Kirsten, thank you so much for being here and taking the time to share with the Redeeming Roots podcast crew. Um, I just appreciate you and everything that you're doing is wonderful. So thanks so much for being here. Thank you, Megan. Hey, look at you go. You made it all the way to the end of the episode. That is something to celebrate. Do you know how many people don't finish the things they start? If you liked this episode and want to support me and my mission to help people find purpose, heal their past, and get results, share the love. It would be amazing if you would leave a rating and review or take a screenshot and share it on social media. And if you're ready to dig deep, do the work, and get results, head on over to redeemingrootscoaching.com to join the email list and book a discovery call to see if working together would be a good fit. Thank you so much for listening today. See you next time.